excited to uh, have you here today and a uh, few, few uh, uh, families and kids that are gone, but the, the blinks have kind of filled in. I, 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 like, I like that. Uh, as we get back up, you know, start servicing and people come in a little bit behind or whatever and always glad to have you, uh, glad to have you here. You know, uh, I'm calling this today, uh, in, Is Jesus in Your Boat? Part 3. And uh, we're we just continuing on this line of thinking, but it's amazing to me in the way without planning it, the way every song just tied right into what I was, uh, was going to be teaching. And, um, you know, we, we've used the example out of Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 35 um, and uh, through 41 in, in the experience that the disciples experienced in the boat with Jesus. And that's kind of where I got the, the thought or the idea is Jesus in your boat. Well, we know as born-again believers, He's with us. I mean, and so uh, we, we really can't separate. But is in your, in your plans and in your, uh, I heard, a, you know, you'll see that once in a while the license plate that says, uh, Jesus is my co-pilot. And I heard a guy say one time, I said, why is he sitting, why isn't he driving, you know? <laughs> why isn't he the pilot? Uh, but see, here's the thing. God gives us the, the ability to even as born-again believers, we're not then just puppets. We're not, you know, controlled by Him. We are uh, given the opportunity to work with Him. And, and that's why we talk about the things that we, we do and uh, we entrust our life to Him on a, on a regular basis. And that's what He uh, gives us to do. But His disciples, He said in verse 35, that day when evening had came, He came to His disciples and said, let us go over to the other side. Now, we're not going to read all these verses or go through all this for the sake of time, and we've done this last several weeks. But you know, the, the, the rest of that story is, if you hadn't been here, is that they got in a storm, and Jesus was asleep. You know, they got in the storm, and it appeared like Jesus wasn't doing anything. And they came to him and said, Jesus, don't you, don't you, uh, I mean, what's up? We're, we're, we're about to drown. But see, Jesus wasn't moved because even in the midst of the storm, even though the boat was about to be swamped, they were going where Jesus said they were going to go. So if I've got him with me, then that means I'm, I'm like uh, the example of the vine and the branches. I'm connected to him. You've, you've probably heard that story where you know, Jesus related it to him. Says, he says, God's the vine dresser. He's the one taking care of it all. But he said, I'm the vine and you're the branch. And he makes it very clear, you don't operate without me. Stay connected to me and all will be well. Same way here. Even though they were in the midst of the storm and their boat was about to be swamped, they were, they were getting to the other side, swamped boat or not, wet or not afraid or not, they were going because God, because Jesus had said go. The only way they were going to lose is if they uh, either threw out Jesus or jumped out themselves. As long as they stayed connected, they were going to get there one way or another. And so that's kind of along the line of the thinking, you know. Uh, but I want us to go to Numbers chapter 21, and this is where we were whenever we uh, quit yes, yesterday, last week. And as I begin to, it's interesting, you know, I teach uh, every morning, Monday through Friday, uh, on my high call uh, Bible study, something different, pretty much something different than I teach on Tuesday night. And so sometimes it feels like a month between Sundays because of all the things that, that I cover and teach. But so I, I begin to go back through 
what I was teaching, and, and last week kind of took a direction of its own and, and uh, ministered away from my notes a lot. And so I came back to these notes, and then I added to them. And, and, and I began to look again at the example here in Numbers chapter 21. In verse 4 it says, They traveled from Mount Hor along the route of the Red Sea to go around Edom. Now they had to go around Edom, and the significance of that was it wasn't the, the shortest distance. What's the, what's the shortest distance between two points? A straight line, right? That's, that's pretty simple. But what's the best way sometimes is a, a roundabout way of getting there. You ever, you, ever, uh, you ever have choices? The other, uh, a few months back, we were in uh, Denver. Our, our uh, middle daughter and son-in-law uh, bought a house there in Westminster uh, between Denver and Boulder. And, uh, and I was going up by Greeley to, to uh, go to this ministry up there. You know, if you've got your maps and you, you know, on your phone, if, you're, if, you're, if you do the, you know, use the technology that's available to us, you plug something in, and it'll always give you the fastest route. And most of the time, I want the fastest route or the easiest route or the straightest route. I don't care if there's tolls. I don't care if what You know, I want to go the fastest route because I want to get where I'm going. And the straightest route was go up I-25. And, and so I, I contemplated going the other route and going through some of the, but I, I was concerned about getting there on time. And so I, well, I'll take this. Well, I got over there and I got into a whole bunch of, whole bunch of construction. And so, you know, you're running 75 or 80 and then all of a sudden you're running 25 or stop and go. And so I called this guy that, where I was headed and I said, Is there, can I get off of here and get a different way? And he said, oh, sure. He said, you know, where are you at? And I, I took off. And here's the thing. The roundabout way of getting there was what I really wanted to see because I got to see how they farmed the, the crops in northern Colorado. I got to see alfalfa hay that was about this tall, just looked beautiful, just fields of, of alfalfa hay getting ready to be cut. You know, I, I got to see different practices of, of their farming, some of, their, some of the ways that they live, some of the different things because I ended up even on some dirt roads. And uh, it, it was a fun way to get there. It was a better way to get there. Now, was there a little bit of adversity? There was a, some washboardy roads. There was a little bit of dust on the car, but it was my daughter's, so it was okay. We'd flown up there, so I borrowed it. But you know, it, it, there, there was some, there was, I, you know, I got in a traffic jam. There was a tractor in my way that I had to wait for, you know. There was, there was some things that slowed me down, but it was the better way to go. And see, sometimes God's way, He was taking them a way that was better. Why? Because they were going to have to, they were going to have to defeat an army in order to go through Edom. They were going to have to fight a battle if they went through Edom. But he, he decided to take them around a different way. But here, look at what they did. He says, but the people grew impatient on the way. You, you, are you related to these people? <laughs> impatient on the way. I think sometimes I'm related to there. It feels like I'm related to them. Impatient on the way, and they spoke against God. Now, that part we better not do. And, and against Moses. And they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. You know, they begin to gripe on the way. They begin to grumble. They begin to complain. And you know, here's the thing that they didn't realize. God's protection was over them. They were being prevented from a battle they wouldn't have to fight, but they didn't know that. They, they were just, they, they were in a hurry. They wanted to get, they didn't realize the benefit of what they were going through. There was also other things. They didn't realize God's protective hand on them. 
And, and, and going on in the verse 6, it says, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. And, you, and you'd read that, and you'd go, Well, what's up with that, God? You know, you, you're just sicken the snakes on them? Well, you could look at that two different ways. Those snakes were already there. They would hide in the sand. People step on them or, or get close to them. They, they'd bite them. There were, there were many different, but they weren't experiencing that until they begin to complain against God. They begin to, it's like, it'd be kind of like the disciples throwing Jesus out of the boat because the wind and the waves are there. Be kind of like them separating themselves. So they begin to complain against God. So what, what really was taking place was God's protection was being lifted off their life. See, when I, when I talk about the tithes and offerings and the blessing that comes with, as a result of that, you know, sometimes you, you, can, you can say, well, I, I need that. It's hard to release that. But yet, and sometimes we don't always realize and see what God's provision is doing to supply for us. All we're seeing is, oh, I'm short, or I'm, I'm, but we don't see that the protection, the provision, the supply that God's providing, and sometimes we don't see it until we get to the other side of whatever it is we're going through. I can guarantee you when you know, we talk about that, and, and I'm, I'm, we talk about the tithe and offering, when, when Sue and I committed to tithing, tithing and offering, or tithing, o obedient to tithing, it wasn't very much because we didn't make very much, but it was a lot because it changed how we lived for a moment. But I can tell you from that time on, when we began to truly say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm not going to gripe and grumble because we only had a little bit of money. We're going to say, God, whether I get wet in this boat, whether, whether I get, uh, have to deal with walking further around, I'm going to do it your way because in the end, I want everything that you provide. See what we read out of Deuteronomy 28 or Deuteronomy 8 uh, uh, 17 18. He says, When you've eaten and are full, that's the way the King James reads. When you're fat and sassy, that's Kelly's version. When you're fat and sassy, when you when you got all your stuff, don't forget who gave you the power to get wealth. See, here's, here's what I've learned, and this is the challenge that I have to you, and, and this is my responsibility. We are not short on money. I always tell people, if you think I'm trying to get your money, to keep it in your pockets. That ain't what this is about at all. Don't be offended because of the, the teaching of the Word of God. Here's the thing I've learned, is that when I put my faith and my trust in God and do it His way, He makes provision. See, His way was the long way, but His way was the protected, the blessed way. But because they weren't willing or they began to complain against God and against, the, and against Moses, and they began to, began to gripe and complain. We don't have food. We don't have water. Well, they did too. They had heavenly food. They, had the, they were getting what angels were fed. And then finally, even though they were griping and complaining and didn't deserve it, God flew in quail. I mean, God provided them in a way that they couldn't, have, couldn't imagine, but they began to focus on everything that was wrong, and that's what our trust in God says. Our trust in God, and, and, and finance are just, or, or tithing is just one example of that. But when we entrust those things to God, we're saying, God, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you for the return, the, the, the provision. I'm going to trust you for the ability to gain and to increase and to have the enjoyment of it. We, we all know that having a lot of money is not the answer. 
Having a lot is sometimes just more problems. You know, I remember being in, in starting in ministry, my goal was to be, you know, big church and full-time and what we call full-time. I hadn't figured out how to not be full-time. Didn't matter if I was working two or three jobs at times. I was always full-time because from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed, if you're called of God, you're thinking about studying, praying, you're, you're, you're at work. I mean, when I show up to Sale Barn, I, I, I was riding, I, Thursday I worked at Dakota where they were short uh, help, and I happened to be up there at about 9, or nine, nine o'clock the night before Wednesday night. And he and his man, uh, lot, uh, area manager right there behind, they were talking, they said, man, we're like five guys down. I said, well, I don't have a whole lot going tomorrow. I said, you know, what are you needing? And they said, some people to pin back, horses and people to pin back. So I brought my horse up there and showed up up there. Well, it was like 102 heat index that day. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, I, you know, I don't have to do this. I, I really am, you know, I could have quit or whatever. I mean, I enjoyed it, even though it was miserable hot. But you know what? Here's the thing. I got to interact with and connect with people on, on, in, a, in a way that I, I, I wouldn't have otherwise. I get to meet two people, do what they do, live a life with them and among them, and, and do it horseback. That's good for me. Until about hour five or six in 102, I was kind of like, uh, the fun's gone. And the next day, when you, when you, I got a kind of a tall horse, so really long ways down to those chains and Oh, those gates got heavy, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm still a little bit sore. This old 50, almost 55-year-old body is not what it used to be, and I'm not in shape for that. But, but yet, we, I, I, I had to stay pumped up, though, because there was a man that was 73 there. Now, he wasn't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't tell any of them that I was sore afterwards, because I figure if old Sonny can handle it, I can handle it. But you know what? Here's the thing. The thing was, the goal was not the, it was it used to be the big, and that, but I've learned that the best place to be is where God wants you to be, with what God, with what God has provided you. And you know what? They were complaining because of the way. Here's the thing, when we, when we say, God, I'm going to trust you, whether you have a little or a lot, your, your conditions aren't, don't really change. When you begin to trust God and, and you're faithful in little, God begins to, the Bible says he'll make you ruler over much. He, he'll continue to increase you. But here's the thing. When we're eating, when we're fat and sassy, when we've eaten and are full, don't forget to give God the glory and the praise for what you've done or for what he's provided. Don't forget, because that's what the children of Israel were doing. They had just been delivered from 430 years of slavery. Miraculously by a God that put their enemy down and their enemy even said, here, even take our silver and our gold and our jewelry and stuff and get out of here. And then when they realized what they'd done and they started pursuing them and they're at the, at the Red Sea, what did God do? It's what the first song was talking about. He, he ripped apart the, the Red Sea and let them walk through. What an amazing thing. You know, we could focus on every one of these songs was talking about focusing on the goodness of God, the blessing of God, what he's done. And, and that's what was, was happening here is they were forgetting. Boy, they got short memory. 
all the blessings, all the, all the things he has done. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what the difference in having a, an, a good attitude and a not-so-good attitude is, I, I tell you, focus on all that you have. <laughs> my, my good pickup's been broke down for, for, I told you, it's still not out of the shop. I, I have a feeling that people who don't know me think I probably lost my truck or something, and now I'm driving my old 97 Dodge still. And I did go find me a new bumper and a new, a couple new bumpers, and I'm going to put some better wheels on it. I'm going to make it look a little better. I hadn't got them put on there yet. And, and I got, good news, though, I got my vent for my air conditioner to where it'll blow out the vents now, so it actually keeps me cool. It's all good. But I just laugh as I, as I, as I drive that old thing. And, and you know what? It pulls my old half top. I mean, I pulled up there to sail barn in that. Beauty, I, I, I named it Beauty. I'm just going to call it Beauty. It's paid for, yeah, that's right. And, and it's been running. See, I got something to praise God about. I shouldn't gripe because I, I don't look as good driving that one as my brown one. But here's the thing, it's still running. It's still getting me where I'm going. It's still, it's still there. The other day, I, you know, I told you the story last week about the blowing the tire. Well, when I blew the tire, I got to sit on the side of the road and a guy stopped that I needed to talk to. It was, it was God's perfect timing in the midst of all that. Now, see, I can either be mad and gripe or, or trust God. And see, they, were, they had forgotten what God had done. They begin to grumble and complain. And so God just steps back. Then the, the fiery serpents are coming in. But God in His mercy does something amazing, something some of you... Uh, in your old life, before you became so holy and sanctified, probably would have done. I'm having a little fun with that. But he says, The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed. Notice Moses was willing to forgive them. Moses could have said, "Ah, Okay, I'll get to that. Let them, you know. But he prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And then when anyone was bitten by the snake, they looked at the bronze snake and they lived. So when anybody, that represented sin in their lives. What, what, what had happened? They'd begun to grumble and complain, and they began to get their eyes and their focus on everything that was bad in their life, everything they didn't have. They begin to see, every, they, they begin to see the lack, and, and it developed something in them that opened them up to sin. Just like the, when God stepped back. That's the way I see that with those snakes. It says he sent the snakes. I think he stepped, I think the, the terminology in the Hebrew, I, I don't know Hebrew, and I, I haven't researched this out. But God's, those snakes didn't all of a sudden show up. I think he steps back, now they're, now they're accessed. Then they're there for him. And how many times, because of our griping and complaining, our focusing on everything that's wrong, we can't see the blessing that, hey, Oh, beauty's still running. Oh, I, I, I may have been this, but I have this. You, you know what? Because here's the thing. We can have all the things we think are the goal and still not be happy. We've all been there. 
You ever, you ever work really hard to get something and then you got it and you're like, eh, this ain't as good as I thought it was or whatever it be. That's God in his mercy. That's God in his love. That's, that's the power that God has. Listen, I, I wrote this down. They became impatient, which led to bitterness and complaining. A, neg a negative attitude will spread like a disease, so stop it at its source. You know, this is a little bit of a, this is a, little bit of a check and a challenge to us. You ought to, you ought to if, you're, if you're married or, or maybe just with yourself, you know, man, I, I write notes, stick up there to, 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 to remind me of things, you know, if, if, I, if I need to. But if you've got somebody around you that can check your a friend or something that can check your mouth, check your attitude, and you start to say, start to grumble and complain, you ought to have somebody that'll say, oh, really? What about this? Somebody to check us and remind us. And you know what? If you don't have anybody, if you ask the Lord to do it, the Holy Spirit will, will remind you. He'll, he'll remind you. You'll, you'll say that thing or you'll get that. You'll get to looking at everything that's wrong, and all of a sudden... You'll, you'll think, oh, yeah, but you, maybe you'll remember this sermon. Maybe you'll remember, oh, yeah, Pastor Kelly, was, he was teaching on that. He was getting on me about that. But, you know, uh, if we're going to remain strong and, and have victory, that's the things that we need to do is begin to do that. The other thing is we need, to, we need to understand and stay the course that Jesus has set. So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. I think we may have gone, I don't remember if we went to this verse. I don't think we ever got here last week, but 2 Timothy chapter 3, we need to hear it again anyway because he, he talks about this in verse 1. He says, but, but make this, and I'm, I'll, as you're turning, I'll, I'll begin this, but he says, but mark this, there will be a terrible times in the last days. The, the, the King James says there will be perilous times, challenging times, difficult times. Strenuous times. You could say, boy, we're in it. We must be in the last days. You know, we might ought to be looking to the eastern sky because Jesus may return any moment. And that's true anyway, but I can guarantee you there's always been perilous times. Now, are we in some that are greater than ever before? I think so. I think we can say that. I think those of us who have lived, and some of you have lived even more years, you, you can see the trends, you can see the changes, you can see the writing on the wall. Yes, we're in difficult times. We'll fix that problem, by golly. But he says in, in, uh, in verse 2, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have, not, have nothing to do with such people. So he begins or he ends that by, by pointing them to looking at others. But I challenge you that whenever we look at this, um, when looking at that verse, make sure that you don't spend all your time trying to point that towards other people. But, but don't take that as an opportunity simply to point it to other people because what our, what our tendency would be is we'd read that and say, yeah, all those people out there. 
And then what are we doing? We're doing the same thing the people that don't come to church are doing pointing to Christians. Sometimes they'll look at Christians and they'll say, I don't go to church because Christians aren't what they're supposed to be. I, I tell you all the time, don't judge Jesus by people. Judge Jesus by who he is. We're all a work in progress. We're all trying to get better. You know, there's always those reasons. There's always those, those um, things that will give us reason to stay away from a walk with God. But here's the thing. We need to take this verse and make sure we're not part of that verse. We're not loving ourselves more than God. You know what he's talking about? He says down here in, um, find out where it's at. But he, he tells us within that, thank you. This is the second time that's happened. And, and you know, I don't think in... That's supposed to be them really good Duracell batteries, too. They're supposed to last longer. Maybe they just make it more powerful. I think that's what he says. But in, in that verse, he's talking about don't let anything become an idol. He's saying don't let anything be as, a, uh, as an idol. In fact, let's look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That's where, that's where the idol comes in. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You know, oftentimes we, we, we use Scripture to prove our point or to make us look better. Sometimes we, we've, we've all been guilty probably of that. But let's look at verse, uh, verse 1 of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that all passed through the sea. Who's he talking about? The people we just read about in Numbers chapter 21. He's talking about the Israelites who came through. They were under the cloud. There was a cloud by day and a fire by night, a pillar of fire by night that guided them. God, they knew God's presence was there. They knew he was with them. And they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the spiritual food and drank the spiritual uh, drink from, uh, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, notice this verse in verse uh, 6. He says, Now these things occurred as an example to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters. He says, don't set things up as idols. You know, the, the verses over there in, in Timothy, that's, that's what I see as the, as the things that were being identified were things that people would set up as an idol to get in their way with, for their relationship with God. They, they'd begin to think about uh, the gaining of wealth or the gaining of things. You know, that's not our goal. God's blessing is our goal. What is, what is it that we have need of? What is it that we are provided with? We want the good life, the, God, the life that God's provided. But he says, don't be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality and, and, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. 
and we and do not and do not grumble as some of them did, and were killed by a destroying angel. You know, I, I see there were some who did and some who didn't. I, you know, just because some of them did, all of them suffered, but they didn't all die. God's provision was there. There's going to be times there's people around you or, or, or things that we gain the negative result of because of those that are around, but I'm going to continue to trust in God, put my faith in God. Verse 11 says, these things will happen to them as an example, and I, and I, I see that as a warning, and were written down as warnings. Oh, well, it says that. <laughs> For us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, He'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. See, here's the thing. God's given us the ability to overcome whatever challenge we have. You say, well, I just, I just can't get past that. Then you're, then you're, what, I think it was here. I said, you're, then you're arguing with God? Well, I'm just disagreeing. Let me challenge you. Go before God with things we don't understand. If, you, if you've got a problem or if you've got a question with that, be, be, or any of these things, go before God and say, God, but I don't understand. You know what? God is, is, is fully uh, capable of handling your questions. He's fully, he's fully prepared for you to be honest. You ever have a relationship or people you're around, you, you, you struggle to have, be honest? I remember when Sue and I were first married, it's one of the things we finally grew past. I remember it was hard to be honest. You know, because I'd, I'd tell her what, what really bothered me or something bothered me, and, and her, her, one of her, you know, it was, it was those uh, difficulties in communication, and she'd, she'd start crying. Well, no man wants to see their their sweetheart cry, you know, so she'd start crying, and then I'm like, okay, no, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind, what, what, what we say, we resist saying, we don't want to say, or, or maybe some, maybe somebody, you, you tell them something, they get mad, they get defensive, they get angry, you know, it, when, when, when those kinds of emotions are the response, it's very difficult to communicate, right, well, listen, just understand something, God can handle it. You know, there may be, he may be the best one for you to just really get mad to, get cry to, it, whatever emotion you need to get out, whatever, he can handle it. But here's the thing, he's also going to be honest and willing to communicate back to us the things that sometimes are difficult to hear. That's why I just preach the word. If it hits you, if it gets on your toes, if you think I'm picking on you, I'm not. Trust me. I had somebody one time said, I, I think he's just... I, I, and, and they were saying it in a bad, a lot of times I'll hear that, and they'll say, man, preacher, you're getting on my toes. Boy, I really needed that or whatever. I, I had somebody not too long ago say, you know, I, I complained to somebody else, I, I think he was just preaching that to me. I said, okay, so I formulated an entire sermon just for thinking of, I, I'm thinking of Derek, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him, right? No, I don't do that. But I can tell you that there's times when the Holy Spirit, as I'm teaching whatever it is I'm teaching, that I can tell sometimes, hey, this is, this is, really, this is really getting them. And, and, and if my flesh rules, I'll back off. 
Because I don't want to hurt any, I don't want to, I don't want to upset or hurt anybody. But I can tell you this, God loves you enough to be honest with you right back. Because why? He just like the children of, e of Israel when they were headed to the promised land and had to go the long way around. Why? Because he, they, he knew they needed that. He knew that was the best thing. See, God loves us. He loves to be honest with us because why? Honesty is what we need, and it's what helps us. The hard things, the, the, the wonderful thing is, and I always tell people this, He never asks you to do anything without also giving you the power to get it done. You say, well, I just can't do that. Philippians 4, 13 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philipp, uh, Ephesians 3.16, Paul's prayer, that you be strengthened with his mighty power, with his might on your inner man. That you be, you, that you be filled with, or you under, come to an understanding of all the length, width, depth, and height of God's love, the power of his love. He, he told them in... Uh, Earlier in the uh, first chapter of Ephesians, he said, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He used four different, four different Greek words for power. Might, you know, there was one of them was dunamis. It was like explosive power. It was a strengthening, reinforcing power. All these different powers of how God would show up on behalf of those and every time we're at the end of ourselves, every time we're limited, every time we're at a place or a point where we think we can't do it, man, I thank God He's there. The main thing we got to do is, is, is when we get tempted to let an idol get in, in, in between us and God. When, when we get to a place or where we get to a point where, where we begin to think it's beyond what we can do, we, we, we learn to draw on God. We begin to trust, entrust it to Him. You know, uh, I, I want you to, golly, we're running out of time, but real quickly go to Psalm 78 and we'll just hit a couple of these verses and leave them with you. Because Psalm 78 talks about the same deal of the children of Israel going through this time. Every one of the songs we sang fit right in there. 78, Psalm 78. In, in uh, verse 1, he says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. You know, here's the thing. If we just stay yielded, willing to hear God, will show us exactly what it is we need to fix. It, it, it may take a while, but he'll do it. Verse 7, it says, then, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget His deeds, but would keep His commands. They would not be like their ancestors and stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to God. Sometimes we, we, we ask ourselves, why is this bad thing happening? And then you can probably trace it back to a time where we were being stubborn and rebellious, a time where we, our hearts weren't loyal to God, a time where our spirits were not faithful to Him. Then he goes on in verse 11, he says, they, they forgot what He had done the wonders that He had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt and regions of Zo uh, Zone. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the waters stand up like a wall. He guided them with a cloud by day and, and the light from, uh, from the fire all night. 
He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them water in as abundance as the seas. And he brought streams out of rocky uh, crag and, and uh, made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willing, willfully put God to the test by demanding food they craved. They spoke against God, and it just goes on and on. But, but look at verse uh, 22. He says, For they did not believe in God or trust in His deliverance, yet He gave a command to the skies above an open, and, and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna for the people to eat, and He gave them grain, the grain of heaven. You know, I, I'm going to wrap it up with that, but, but we got to... We've got to continue to remember those things. And, and like I've told you so many times, there's going to be times we miss this. There's times when, it, when, when the slack gets drawn out of us because we've forgotten, because we've allowed things to get in the way. I can just tell you, when you sin, you run to God. When you realize wrong, you run to God. If there's things that you've done that wasn't right, you run to God because God's still good. His mercy's new every morning. He, he still loves us even in, in our times of failure. His, he didn't quit on His people even when they quit on Him. And so we keep coming back. You say, God, I don't know how I can do that. I don't know what I can do. You, you can come to God with that honesty and God will empower you, give you the ability to overcome and get it done. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank and we praise You that there's, there's more to be said, there's more to be done. But Father, I think the message is clear. That, Lord God, you love us enough to even in the midst of challenging times care for us. That, Lord God, you've made a provision in Christ Jesus that gives us the right to be called the children of God. That when we, can, when, when we accept the gift of salvation, when, when we make the declaration, Jesus, you are my Lord. That, Father God, we thank and praise you that a miracle takes place of the new birth and we become born again. And when we do, that, Lord, that, that then we have all the promises of, of God in you. And, Lord, all our part is then is to just begin to, to yield to you, to begin to grow in our knowledge of you, begin to understand you. And, Lord, the biggest thing is to ask, God, show me, and he'll begin to show us. When we fail, we, we, we say, Lord, I repent. When, when rebellion tries to raise up, in other words, our flesh and our, our mind and our will begins to resist God. When we begin to be stubborn, we can come before God and say, God, okay, I, I, I yield to you. Once again, I yield to you. And you know what? God's there. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that you give the ability for each and every one, whatever they're lacking, Father, you give them that, that help and that hope and that promise and that strength. Father God, I just praise you and I thank you that if anybody's within the sound of my voice hasn't made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, that Father God, I pray that today they'd make that choice and that decision to call upon the name of the Lord for salvation. That they call upon the name of the Lord with a repentant heart to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And Lord Jesus, be be, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take this from me, Lord, and, and give me your life in return. Father, I thank you and I praise you for it. And Father, for everybody who's weary in the midst of a battle, I pray your strength. I pray your encouragement. I, I pray the, 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 everything that they lack be replaced with the abundance. 
Father, for those who have given out and given out and given out, I praise you for the restoring power of God and the might and the, of the, and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Father, I praise you and I thank you that you're at work in this. In Jesus' mighty name.